0: They're so good and so different in different ways. Uh, probably Dead Man's Chest. Okay, That's Dead
1: it. Man's Chest. I think so. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I, I, after At World's End, it got a little much for me.
0: I couldn't handle the third one. I, I really couldn't. The second one, it was great because you got like the fight on the on the sand <laughs> yeah. island where they're in the uh, they're in the windmill and they're trying to figure out how oh, to fight yeah. each other.
1: <laughs> and then you got. Um, uh, you, I love when the guy with one eye and the other one show up. Why, why are they fighting? And he's like, well... And he just explains what he just oh, saw. Yeah.
0: It seems like he's trying to restore his past honor, and Turner is trying to use it to free Elizabeth. And <laughs> they're, like, sitting there like we would be in the movie,
1: breaking yeah. down, like, okay, their motivation is this, this but theirs is this. Well, when, yeah, well, Davy Jones is just a badass, and we're rolling. Okay, guys. <laughs> we're on. Okay. <laughs>
0: What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode. We're just
1: diving right in today. Yeah, and I, uh, I hope you enjoyed our, um, uh, little Pirates of the Caribbean talk we had to start that. I love the Pirates movies. I, like,
0: I stopped after the third one. I was I, like, okay, the Orlando Bloom story's done. I'm
1: good. Yeah, no, I saw the most recent one though. And it was pretty good actually. Dead Man Tell No Tales. That was actually not bad. Not terrible. It's with, uh, Will and Elizabeth Child. Is, is Oh! Oh, yeah. And Jack is still in it? Jack is, is still, still in there? it, yeah. So what's going to happen?
0: I hear they're still making those movies now that Johnny Depp has been pretty much, like, kicked out of Hollywood.
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of people trying to fight to get him back into Hollywood. I don't know much about the oh, situation well, yeah. personally,
0: but I, mean, I, I like Johnny Depp in pretty much anything he's in. Yeah, he's such well, a goofball. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I mean... <laughs> It just frustrates me, man. Listening... Because when I first heard about that whole case with Johnny Depp, I was like, that motherfucker. I did not think he was that kind of person to be a woman beater. And then he's got all of this information that, like, exonerates himself. Like, this dude came prepared. Like, and... Hollywood's just like, nah, it doesn't matter. You you were accused of being a woman beater, but even though you're proving your case that you weren't and that she was actually the abusive one, we're going to fire you.
0: Which also, I had never even heard of an Amber Heard until probably Aquaman and then this whole thing.
1: I Yeah, I mean, she was in Never Back Down, which good like middle 2000s like
0: is that a sports UFC, movie? Yeah, UFC yeah, no. style
1: training movie. It was I liked it. Not like my forte. It. I actually did like it. Um but that was like the f- first time I'd heard of her way back then, hadn't seen her since and then oh, look who Johnny Depp married. Okay, who is this? Oh, that's who it is. That that's kind of my exposure to her.
0: Yeah, I I didn't know much about it and then all of a sudden there's a court case, Johnny Depp isn't gonna be in the new uh not Harry Potter. Fantastic beasts.
1: Yes. And which you still
0: haven't seen. I've seen the first half of the of first, the first one. one. I have them on Blu-ray. It's just finding the time to watch it. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm I, trying to get around to so many different things. I
1: always same. I mean, but like I said, Newt's Commander out of that. i I absolutely love Newt's Commander. I'm sorry, you could say what you will about the Harry Potter movies. They suck in comparison to the books um, and I will stand by that because I am still rereading the books. But um, the Fantastic Beast movies, other than like I said, a few like world breaking things that happen in the sense of like rules that J.K. Rowling introduced in the books that get broken in the Grindel in the Crimes of Grindelwald. I, I enjoy the movies. They're fun. They're a different type of feeling in the Harry Potter movies. I definitely enjoyed the little bit of what I watched. Yeah. I I think the second one, it, I, as much as I love the first one, I like the second one more because it progresses the story that much more. Um, but that's, I think, enough about Johnny Depp and the Pirates of the Caribbean and, fa- and Fantastic Beasts. I, we're here to talk about Bad Batch.
0: Oh, we could explore the depths of Johnny's career all the trying. way to the Caribbean, but um, oh my
1: god! But we're
0: here to talk
1: today. <laughs> I just want to say, everybody, that Corey is the king of puns in my life because I went. In the last apartment that I lived in, I'm like, yeah, just walk in when you get here. You don't have to knock. I'm, it's fine. And this, this, oh, I'm still frustrated by this to this day. I say, you don't have to knock. It's fine. He just responds with, I'm sorry. I knock everywhere. I knock on the fridge to make sure the salad's not dressing. You don't want to walk in on the salad dressing, my friend. You don't.
0: I've got – I have far too few kids to have as many dad jokes as I have, honestly. Sir, uh, yeah, yeah. I got a fresh one for all you listeners. Oh, good God. What did the pig use to treat his skin condition?
1: Oinkment. Oinkment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Has to grab my dog's chew toy That's, that makes that honking noise. <laughs> oh, oh, come
0: on. <laughs> I, I got to use what you give me.
1: Um, so we got episode two of The Bad Batch last week. I mean, what what did you think of it, Corey? Because I have my opinions of it. I personally thought it was a little slow. I liked it. It was I, good, but... Uh,
0: definitely slow. A little bit slower, but I get the things that they were trying to, uh, to speak to in the episode. Letting you know uh, certain things about Omega... Uh, letting Hunter have a bit of an arc Being attached to the kid And then letting go
1: I think the coolest part was they brought Cut back uh, That's a character that's in the first season of Clone Wars That I never thought I'd see again
0: That actually went over my head the first time Because it's been a while since I've rewatched Seasons 1 and 2 of Clone Wars yeah, I think I, I, 3 I, and beyond are my bread and butter
1: I actually, for Clone Wars The halfway point of Season 3 Is where I start watching again mm-hmm. Mostly because Going back, I don't like Ahsoka's first design. I I I like seeing her age up more in the sense of her getting more mature and becoming a more experienced Jedi and all this other stuff. When I go back and watch those first two and a half seasons, I have a very hard time with it.
0: She's written to be annoying and very flawed so that she gets to grow out of that, but it makes rewatches seem kind of tedious because you're like, okay, I know where she goes. I know where a lot of the story and a lot of the characters go, and it seems like jumping back— Uh takes takes a bit of time. But overall this episode I thought was really, really solid. No. Other than it wasn't
1: an action packed like
0: Clone Wars finale
1: episode. It's it's showing how the Empire takes over, if you really think about it.
0: Which it happens really fast. I I think we're just kinda kinda do more like bullet points kind of for this episode as opposed to just running through from top to bottom.
1: Seems more like the natural way to discuss. I mean, it, the Empire taking over the galaxy and getting that Iron Fist grip does happen very quickly, actually.
0: Super quickly. Like, you see, um, there's a point where Tech goes and he's going to do some kind of like espionage stuff to get them some, um, their chain codes, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Um, and he goes into the Imperial barracks, the station, and- Everything is completely changed. You see him look around all confused. Like, I don't understand this architecture. I don't know what all this imperial um, but it, design comes from. But it's it also, not
1: Republic. It's that whole thing that it's kind of ambiguous. Time is kind of ambiguous in Star Wars. We never know what's truly happening, although we do know that the sequel trilogy takes place over a year. <laughs> over the course of a year, but, you know, that's besides the point. Like
0: it's, It seems like they just left Camino at the end of the first episode and maybe took... I don't know, it seems like they jumped into light speed, so I would say this is less than a week after that first episode. And in that amount of time, you've got the Empire's already seizing ships. That's one of the first things that they uh, they talk about when they land on the planet. They're taking not just, like... Uh not like military ships, all ships. Yeah. They don't want anybody leaving. They're in lockdown. You get your chain codes, you get your you know, your number, you get your identification so they can tell who you are. Um and that's pretty much it.
1: They- yeah. But going back to what I was saying is we don't truly know how much time has passed since the execution of Order Sixty Six because Light speed travels ambiguous. Everything about time jumps in Star Wars is very ambiguous. Let's go back all the way to the original trilogy with how long was Luke on uh, Dagobah?
0: Right, it happens. It looks like it goes by very quick, but then you actually you realize that uh, the Falcon and them had no light speed while they're escaping from the Empire and they're getting to Bespin, so they're in sublight the entire time. So. You know, Luke could have been there anywhere from like a couple of
1: weeks to to six months is what the six estimate. Six months, almost a year. Yeah. yeah, they they don't talk about that ever. Um, so, again, we don't know how long that time period of how long how much time has passed. But I love the bit where they're like, the clones gave themselves names, and now. Everyone signing up to give themselves numbers.
0: Yeah, they, they wanted names so that they weren't just numbers, and now completely the opposite. People are signing up for their numbers. It's kind of like... Um, it, it, tech even says it's a great way for them to keep tabs on everybody and know exactly who everybody is. And we hadn't seen this idea of the chain code until The Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, when Bob was like, see this? This is my chain code. Which was cool. I mean, now we see what the chain code signifies. And I was trying to figure out, like, the trackers, the tracking fob that Mando uses, they use the
0: chain code. And I'll take new stuff. It just makes me wonder, where's all this during... Like, they don't mention chain codes in Rebels, or Rogue I mean, One, well, or the original trilogy. I mean, if you, th- you want
1: to think, get bring that argument into it. Oh, there's a lot of
0: things that they don't mention in the original trilogy. You know, Harrison Dula was a major part of the Rebellion. She doesn't get mentioned at no, all. But She if you, didn't exist and yet. And
1: you could even say that in that instance, the rebels discarded uh, – basically tried to destroy their chain codes and all that so that the Empire couldn't track them. You could say basically everyone in the rebellion had nothing to do with their chain codes. And for the instance of Luke, why doesn't he have a chain code? Well, Tatooine was a hot controlled planet, not an Empire-controlled planet. Oh,
0: no, that's very true. So – the crime organizations during the reign of the Empire very much had pretty much free reign. Like, as long as you kicked up to the Empire and didn't make any bit of a stink, they pretty much just let you do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. It's kind of like the opening of Solo. It's a lawless time. Yeah. It's literally – it's it's the Old West in space.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, um, uh...
0: But in the episode they land, uh, we get to see Anexu – the creature yeah. that Padme has to fight
1: in the Geonosian cool. arena. Give, give us some more tie-ins there. That was cool. Um, in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, no. We I mean, get to see Cut. We get to see
0: that whole family again. Um, it, it's it, we don't a hundred percent know how Cut has met Hunter and Wrecker and all of them because it seems like, especially Wrecker, they have a good rapport, and it seems like Cut went on the run rather early into the Clone Wars.
1: Oh yeah, he definitely did, but. The thing I've always wondered, like his children, do, do his children um, have the increased aging? That's why they they look to be 10 years old or so, because of his genetic makeup. I mean, being a clone, so that, like it's passed on to to them. These are questions I do Were have. Were
0: they completely his kids, or was he like an adopted kind of dad? It's or? kind
1: of ambiguous, so I don't know. Uh, so, there's that. But I assume that they're his based on, based off of everything. That I assume that they're his. The um, which again raises the other question: Why does he have Twi'lek children? And when Kanan and Hera have a child, it comes out as a human.
0: It definitely raises the question of genetics in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, how do
1: how do genetics work in the Star Wars universe?
0: Because because um, in Rebels we see that um, two of the characters of a very different species have a child, and um, the child only has traits of just one yeah, of the parents. It, it, doesn't have any leku or yeah, or but he's got
1: bright green hair. That's the only thing, which doesn't make sense with my understanding of genetics. So there's that. Maybe clone versus
0: real human DNA is, so humans, is different. Humans the dominant. I mean, human could be dominant, and clone naturally. I, is I the, mean,
1: like, if we really want to talk about that, we could justify it by saying, okay, sure, genetically he, the human genome is dominant because going back into legends, Sith were a species in at one point, and not just like the the Sith that we know them today, not the Dark Lords of the Sith, and that we know. And uh, the reason why the Sith Empire came to be is because the original Jedi, Dark Jedi, who were shunned from the Jedi Order after the Great Schism, were sent into deep space and they landed on Korriban and over the the centuries uh, bred with the Sith species there. So you could argue that the in the Star Wars universe, human is the dominant trait and that for... Cut being a clone, it wasn't quite the same thing. I guess I,
0: I would believe human being the dominant because look how many of them there are compared to the different alien species. And I know the Empire definitely contributed to oh, the de- the diminishing Empire, in the numbers even of in leg- alien species, even in
1: legends in the old in the old Republic and whatnot. The if you weren't if in the Old Republic, if you were not during in the Empire, a human or a pure, or one of the red-skinned Sith you were looked down upon. Just how it was. So, there's that, but... And it also begs to differ. I mean, if we want to get really philosophical, I mean, if humans want to be the dominant force, they kind of tend to be, because if you think about it, maybe some of these species don't like to travel across the galaxy, and they just like to stay where they are. Who knows? Some big questions that I don't have the answers for. Big, big questions. Um,
0: so as we're going, we realize, um, uh, at one point that Rex has been through and already visited. Last oh, time we see God. Rex. Do you
1: want to tease me more with Rex? That's <laughs> the, what I said. Uh, first time I watched it. Oh, Rex is through. He left yesterday. What? What? CT-7567. One of my favorite characters in the Clone
0: Wars. Um, and
1: Rebels. And, and Rebels. Rebels. And for
0: sure. Um, he doesn't get a whole heck of a lot to do in Rebels, but every time he shows up, I'm like, there he is. There's my guy. Um... But yeah, so we see that Rex has been through. Um, they're talking about what happened with Order 66, and Omega's just like, uh probably because of the inhibitor chips. And they're like, what inhibitor chips? And Tech is just like, what, what, what do you mean, what inhibitor chips? How do you think they all turned on a dime and executed the order if they didn't have some kind of chip? So it's really nice seeing Tech is like, three steps ahead of all the other clones and yeah. just waiting for them to catch up.
1: Like, like you guys didn't get that? Like what? I got that. I, I thought you, un- I thought you understood.
0: It's like, Tony Stark, am I the only one who did the reading?
1: <laughs> Pretty um, much. So, so they find
0: out about the inhibitor chips and how that's a thing. Um, they don't mention how, uh, cut ends up not having influence. By the inhibitor chips? Which how he I ends mean, up escaping I mean,
1: that? I mean, we could say that Rex blew through and told him about it and... But at that point, Rex, it out. Rex's
0: already would have gone off. So does that mean there was a period in time where Cut is there chilling at home with his French sounding Twi'lek wife and kids? And um, <laughs> They are all French sounding. All
1: the Twi'leks are French sounding.
0: Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pick up on that 100% until, like, there's a Rebels episode where Hera's talking.
1: To, to to and
0: and then all of a sudden she she drops into a French accent and it's like okay all right there you go um so i like how they brought that back there's a continuity between all of their different characters and species and and all that but um so um back to what i was just saying which was
1: we're lost, guys. I think Corey and I are both kind of like brain farting right now. I don't even know what we were just talking about. It happens. We were in the uh well, we were in the hut. No, they were talking French, about Order sixty six. Uh, all I remember is he, they were, um, that, the Twi'lek's are friends. So
0: was Cut just roaming around for until Rex showed up, going, "We have to execute the Jedi. We have to execute the Jedi." Good question. With actually. no Jedi around, and then Rex shows up and he's like, "Oh, I know what's going on," and he just takes out Cut's chip. Or
1: it's mm, a good question. Good question. I mean,
0: does it bother me? No. Am I going to lose sleep
1: over it? No. Am I going to sit here in my nerddom and ponder it? Yeah, I don't know yeah. for sure. i mean um, One of the other cool things about the episode was Hunter's like father moments that he has with Omega. Yes. that happened pretty early on and throughout the episode.
0: And and just the opposite of that, uh, some of the moments that I think may turn off some of the like diehard old school Star Wars fans. Um, are the moments of Omega actually having, like, innocence and a Mm -hmm. childhood. And when she comes off of the ship and she sees all the dirt and she sees all the greenery, another thing that visually the first episode did it, the second episode is very visually tied to the sequel trilogy. I can see there's so many different things. Um, So her going down and playing with the dirt very much echoes Rey. Mm -hmm. When she shows up on uh, Takodana in The Force Awakens, is like, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole universe. It's like these people have never broken out of their environment before. And they're finally experiencing a wider world, a wider galaxy. And, and the clones of the bad batch actually seeing her, um, her have this innocence and to see her exploring, uh, and being reminded of their own, you know, the, the, the clones are technically kids.
1: If you think about Sifo it, Sifo-Dyas
0: yeah. put the order in for the clone army 10 years prior to prior attack to of attack clone. of the clones. There's 3 years of the clone wars. We know that's over now. All the clones are 13 years old. The mm-hmm. oldest clone is 13 years old. They're kids. Yeah. They're literally kids. And you've got Omega is actually the only able- character was- who's able to like live that moment. Yeah. It, and it, as a fan it reminded me of right star wars is definitely going to be for me um because i've been there but there are also kids who are coming in and this is their first introduction to star wars and it reminded me don't get all worked up and frustrated about star wars being different when there's a kid out there who is loving what's happening right now and that's that's it for them as well as hunter uh Hunter has to deal with what I'm sure a lot of other Star Wars fans like us who are at the age of having their own kids have to deal with of – I'm not used to being a responsible adult. I'm not used to taking care of a child. How am I supposed to do this? And you get to see Hunter kind of – Well, especially
1: from somebody who was bred for combat.
0: Exactly. Especially the the combatants of Clone Force 99. They're – they're bred soldiers. They're clone commandos. They weren't trained to be parents. No. And I like Cut actually shows them like the right way how to do it. The yeah. kid falls. You ask, hey, are you okay? Yeah, you're okay. You're fine. Nothing's broken. Yeah, We'll move Too on. scared. That's and all. even Wrecker's like, oh, you all right, kid? And he's like, don't pay attention to it. Don't make it seem like a big thing. She's fine.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it, it, it's a really cool moment. And you see Hunter grappling with that aspect of, I'm no longer a soldier. I'm a fugitive and, and basically an adoptive father, ah, in this episode. Mm-hmm. It, even to the point where, when they find when they're trying to get Cuts family off, and they break in to get the chain codes and get in for for Cuts family, the, he says, "I need you to take Omega with you," and doesn't ask asks, her at all. Well, no, just makes the decision for her, and. Which is a very Star Wars thing. It's all about the choice. Mm
0: -hmm. It's all about your own choices. He made one for her and she turns right around and says, no, look, I chose to come with you. I chose to be with, with the bad bitch.
1: That's true. Yeah. No, it's, that's just it. But they go through that whole ordeal of got, trying to get the cuts family onto the, and Omega onto the, um, transport, which by the way guys, the transport straight (laughs) out of Star Tours. It's slightly different, actually, now that we just rewatched it. Have you been on Star Tours? Is Even
0: it when- a, a long time it's, ago? It's different. In a galaxy far, far away.
1: It, it's different. Um, I, I thought it was the same on our, my first watch through, but when we just sat down and rewatched it just now... Um, you know, it
0: it's definitely inspired by it, the It's very definitely
1: least. inspired by it, especially with the droid piloting it. But it's the same uh, shuttles they use in Rebels, though. So there's that connection. So, um... They, they try to get Omega and Cut and his family onto this transport. Meanwhile, they had their ship purposely impounded so that oh, they could get
0: so that they can get the funny. ship
1: registered. Basically, it's like mm, we can't register it because we're clones and they'll and we're criminals, so they'll come after us. So let's have them impound the ship, and uh, that way they register it for us, and then we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Only one problem with your plan. Omega's, Omega's on, on the, the ship. ship
0: and I love it cuts to her and she's just, just like I think, I think it's, it's a good, good plan. was <laughs> just like completely innocent like oh hey yeah I'm here sorry does that mess you guys up?
1: Yeah but they go to the spaceport get Kat's family away and it ends up working yeah. out in the end. She yeah. gets
0: to bring over the um the passes and I love how she thinks that it's a mistake
1: that she has f- that, that they one, made 5, five instead so of 4, four. No, you're going with them, and you could just see the betrayal on Omega's face when she – not the betrayal, but the hurt on her face that Hunter made this decision for her without asking.
0: And then when Hunter gets back and they're trying to get out of the ship, you could see even he's, like, remorseful of, like, I kind of wish the kids stuck around. And then she shows up, and he's kind of like, all right, well, you made your choice. Let's go, soldier. Yeah, that's (laughs) – and I like how
1: the episode ends, too, on that choice. Like, you – like – I, I he basically comes to the conclusion, I need to let you to choose what you want to do and you want to be here with us. So, so she gets to stay after, but it was a really cool episode of, I actually really liked the bit of um Echo trying to unlock the clamps with his scompling mm-hmm. and he just can't do it. Because it's new tech. Yeah. It's, it's, it's entirely new. Yeah. It's new Imperial tech, not, not Republic separatist tech that he was used to. It's Imperial tech now. And it's just like, Wrecker's like, alright, screw it, here I am Just like, rips the goddamn thing apart
0: I love that Cause he's, he is a tank oh, yeah, Wrecker, which I'm wondering how he's gonna go down I know I said that last episode But I'm like
1: He's gonna go down in a blaze of glory There's
0: something, and they're gonna I do mean, it I mean, we don't
1: see them again in Rebels That The whole Bad Batch has to go down I, it, it just has to happen Unless uh, they want to tie it into Unless they want to tie Omega into Mandalorian somehow Which they could do
0: I have a feeling it's going to end up very much like, did you ever play Halo
1: Reach? No, I lost Interceptor 3.
0: Okay, Uh, I will say Halo Reach, not that this is a Halo podcast, is probably the most fun and the best story out of all the Halo games, I will say. Okay, that's fair. There's a crew in the game called Noble Team, and each of them, basically, they they all die, spoiler, sorry, Uh, except for the one that you play as, and as you're playing throughout the game, they each go out in a very specific, um, way compared to, uh, their, their roles. Yep. Like there's Cat. Cat's a character. She's kind of like the brainy. She's the thinker one. She's basically, she'd be tech. Yeah. Um, she gets, you know, she gets headshotted, taken out. There's, uh, one of the big guys, George. He's like, wreck basically wrecker, essentially. And he, he sacrifices himself so that the main character can escape. And I can feel as we get closer, we're going to just start kind of losing character after character until it's probably going to be just
1: Hunter and Omega Hunter
0: and Omega. And And one of them is going to have to make the sacrifice. And
1: it's, they're going to sacrifice themselves for Omega, Mm -hmm. which ultimately I think they go down to Vader.
0: I have heard. So I watched an entertainment weekly interview with D Bradley Baker, the voice of clones, Mm -hmm. all of them. Um, and in that, they were talking to – I, I want to say it was either the writers or the producers of the show. I'm not sure which. And they were talking about how there are characters that we know that will show up. It's not just Tarkin. It's not just um Kanan. There will be way more characters. And at this time, Vader is just getting started. You've read the Vader comics. You're a little bit more deep into um, what happens – at least the ones right after Revenge of the Sith. Yep. I think that's one of the strongest so, arcs in the comics oh, is Vader right. right after.
1: And even the the first run of Vader comics that they did, um, where it was taking place in between A New Hope and Empire. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just watched Corey do a little uh flourish with the squirt gun that we use to spray the cat when he's on the counter. So we'll get off the counter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't miss a shot. Oh, God. No, but uh, even the ones that take – the Vader comics that take place after A New Hope are really strong comics. Um, but you're right. The, bad, the run of comics that take place after Revenge of the Sith and Order 66 are definitely hands down the best watching Vader's journey. Because so, right about now, he's going on his journey to find his kyber crystal. So – and take it from a Jedi and bleed the kyber crystal. That's roughly the time period we're in. That's his first mission. So – and then that comic takes place over the first couple of years like sporadically – now, he steals a green crystal and uses that and turns it red. He murders a Jedi. He doesn't, and then steals the crystal. Let's get it straight. A Jedi who has taken
0: the, the bearish, bearish vow, vow, which I think is a really cool concept that shows up in High Republic. We'll talk about that one a little bit later.
1: But yeah, so like, um, so. In another he, episode probably. He, he goes to find this, his Kyber crystal and take it from a Jedi, because the only reason you can get a red crystal is to take a Jedi's crystal and channel the dark side through it uh, and make it bleed essentially. So now it's blood red. And so that's what he's doing during this time period, which depending on how long this plays out, we, this could be his second mission that, that is kind of missed in the comics because it does kind of jump a little bit. There's definitely some time jumps in the comics that aren't mentioned it's not like one mission after the other, after the other, after the other, even though it's presented that way.
0: Well, it's nice because that leaves them room to tell more stories instead of being yeah. like, here's Vader, everything he did, totally documented to, from beginning to end. To be honest, to
1: I would actually love it if they took that, this is Vader on his, this is basically Vader's like second or third mission. And he where
0: shows he th- up with...
1: With the lightsaber that he took, not the one that he made.
0: With a green saber? No, not the get, green saber, oh. it'd still
1: be the red saber because he had the red, he had the hilt of the Jedi and he bled the crystal and he was using that saber hilt for a while. And then
0: he gets his, then he
1: decides, then the emperor basically says, you need to make one that suits what you need. And of
0: course he makes one that's exactly like Anakin's first saber. Yeah. And
1: naturally, no matter what
0: he can't get past Anakin, no matter how hard he tries. But the other
1: reason why he went back to that saber too, is his hands are so much bigger. Everything about him is so much bigger and bulkier that like that, saber that he took didn't fit well in his hands but i would love it if he shows up in the bad batch wielding the red saber but with the hilt of from the jedi that he killed to get the saber
0: how do you feel about the idea because we know in red uh red one rogue one um the rogue crew was supposed to be taken out by vader in one of the drafts i had heard um what would you say if the bad batch ends up they all get taken out by vader
1: i mean it would I would love to see it. I'd, and I'd also love to see it in the sense of like this is Vader, not at his most powerful, but learning his powers still. That would be cool. Learning to – like he's still forced to be reckoned with, but he's dealing with um, his, his suit that's clunky and painful and all that stuff, channeling his hatred, leaving Anakin behind and all that stuff. I think it would be cool to see that in The Bad Batch just because he can't look the way he does in Rebels or Rogue One. Skill-wise, in my head. I mean, yes, he can be super skilled and super powerful.
0: But he's rather clunky and inexperienced with the not, forms yeah, that he ends up creating.
1: Yeah. So, that would be cool. I mean, they'll probably overpower him just because it's Vader. They'll just probably have him come in just as a gunslinger. Just Cannon, like, um,
0: Yeah, canon Vader ends up being escaped from quite often, mm-hmm. it seems like. Like, he's more powerful. If you fight him directly, you will lose. Which, but it seems like people end up escaping
1: Kanan, uh Kanan, Ezra, well, Ezra. Ezra, Cal, and Sierra. which, by the way, the only reason they escaped is because they were underwater. That is, if you think about it, that truly is the only reason they escaped. Um, Vader had those two dead to rights. Oh, yeah. Dead to rights.
0: Oh yeah, he had Cal impaled with his own lightsaber.
1: Yeah. And, from,
0: uh, from Jedi Fallen Order. And he was one basically just, he te- was
1: basically just teasing Sierra in that moment where she's like f- using dark, the force crush on him and channeling the dark side. He's basically teasing her. He's like, I'll pretend to get on my knees, which very much like Beerus in, uh, Dragon Ball Super in that first arc. Cause I just started watching that. Um, Yeah, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan, but the um, you're right. He he, you have to escape Vader. You you can't. And it even says in Fallen Order when you look at the codex for the character, there is no hope. Just run. Just just hope you can escape.
0: Uh, Even Rebels (laughs) when Kanan and Ezra drop um, an ATAT walker. No, it might have been an ATST. They drop a walker on Vader. And he picks it up and stands up. And they're like, if that doesn't stop him, what will? And Kanan's like, not no, us. Run!
1: <laughs> <laughs> not us. Let's get the heck out of here. So, I mean, and it would be interesting to see them bring Vader in, because especially if it's like an arc where Rex is there. Because
0: we you? don't see at any point that Rex knows. We know Ahsoka finds out later that Anakin became Vader, but Rex?
1: I mean, up till that point, Ahsoka thought, up until the point in Rebels of Season 2, Ahsoka thought Anakin was dead with the rest of the Jedi Order.
0: The only thing we know is in season seven, Ahsoka tell, doesn't tell Yoda what Maul said about Anakin being Palpatine's next apprentice. She always doubted it, though. Yeah.
1: So, so in her head, she—in her head headcanon, Anakin probably fought, fought it and died. Fought Vader and went down, and here's this new guy yeah, who, coming around. Yeah. So— I think it'd be cool in Bad Batch to have Vader come in and like Rex see him or something because it's never Rex never talks about Anakin other than my the Jedi General I served. There's that one bit that he talks about Anakin and that's it. So I want I kind of want to see Anakin and Rex uh, Vader and Rex interact because I want to know what goes through Vader's mind. Does Anakin slip back for a moment when he, as soon as he, he sees, sees Rex. Rex and is just kind of like, Hey, that's my boy. Wait. No, I don't know you, sorry. Yeah. That'd be that that would be a very cool thing for them to explore in the series. I can uh, see there's a
0: ton of other characters, like good guy characters, that they could run into. Cause this is a very rich time for the Star Wars universe. I mean like, we know we're gonna everybody get everybody. We know we're gonna leg. get
1: Fennec's backstory. Fennec is coming. Um oh, also, by the way, Lucasfilm, I love a lot of the stuff you do, hate a lot of the stuff you do. It's a love-hate relationship. Besides the point, Dave Filoni, do we have to put Saw Gerrera in everything? I feel like in this,
0: yes. I think it, it's rather important as long as he shows up again. If we that's just on one and
1: done. We have Clone Wars. That we, originated him, yep. We have Rebels. We have Rogue One. Now we have Bad Batch. We have Fallen Order. Lucasfilm. How many more things are you going to put Saw Gerrera in? Well, the, the way...
0: That I see it was they did the Clone Wars, and then in Rogue One they needed to have a character that already had a past. Of it's fighting. true, but and especially because Vader ends up in that film, it kind of adds a little bit of poetry to the saga rera who was trained by Anakin Skywalker, basically, and Ahsoka and Rex. Yeah, he was um, taught how to. Like the lineage to- of Anakin Skywalker basically taught him how to fight for freedom, and he ends up going down, pretty much fighting exactly against what created him. As a freedom Are we gonna get Saw in the
1: Cassian Andor series now though?
0: And then, and then for Rogue One, they were already working on Rebels. I,
1: I, I, I mean, I Andor, feel like they have to. I feel like they, it wouldn't be a stretch to get Forrest Whit- Whitaker to come back for a cameo in, in Cassie and Andor. Because it tie, it would tie Saw and Rogue One a lot closer, to get closer I would together. I'd say probably that would be tough.
0: Because we know that in Rogue One, pretty much Cassian's mission from the very beginning is to find Sagirera. Yeah. So I feel like if they've interacted in the past, it wouldn't be such a... Although he knows that it's Jetta, it seems like he's been there before because he talks about Chirrut and how they're the guardians of the wills. He already knows them. He knows that Saw's people are there. You know what? I wouldn't put it past... The Andor series to have a Sagarera, maybe have, um, Forrest Whitaker show up one more time. I mean, it, it, I, they were just trying to connect Rebels, I feel like was the only reason they added him in that Rebels to Rogue One, cause they were which, in production way, pretty much the same time. By
1: the way, I know he's supposed to be, you know, your anti-hero, what, and what not, you know, he's fighting for the good cause, but with questionable means always, but god damn, do I not, I t- truly dislike Sagarera, cause he's so one-track minded. Yes. Cause as much chaos for the empire as possible. Doesn't matter. Doesn't care who gets in my way.
0: I I definitely stems from, I think he is a very, very good symbol of, cause he lost his sister. We don't do. Do we see what happens to Stila in the show? Or we just kind of learn that she died at some point.
1: I, I don't watch that arc. I don't, I watched it once and that was enough for me. I tend to skip over that arc if I'm rewatching The
0: Onderon arc isn't too bad, but so, it does. Onderon
1: is just a, a touchy subject because it's got such a troubled history. It's always kind of been like that system that's on the edge of the mid-rim and the outer rim that kind of throughout the history of anything Star Wars that I've seen, read, played, or seen battles with being – like its citizens battle with being part of the Republic um, in Knights of the Old Republic 2 that's a whole thing you go to Onderon and really? yeah it, you go to Onderon again that's 4,000 years before the events of the, uh, a, um, a New Hope but you go there and there, ha- there's a civil war going on because the regime the queen that's in charge of the planet now wants to remain at the Republic but there's this her cousin or uncle or whatever he is who also could have been the king if things played out differently wants Onderon to be independent. So, that's a whole thing there. Part of like I said, it part of why I don't watch that arc is because of Onderon's past, which by the way, the royal line stems from the Sith Lord of Freedan Nad. If you really want to get into it, uh he was the ancient Sith Lord Freedan Nad what w- founded the current Onderon royal royal line as far as I know. You're staring at me like I just spoke gibberish to you. I've never played Kotor. Yeah, is your so um so
0: all of the stuff that I that I guess is from Kotor, I hear about like after the fact, like when Tython showed up in um
1: That was in the Old Republic. Yes. That was not MMO. the same thing. The MMO, that's the MMO. That's not Knights of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Right. It, it, Old it, Republic it, is BioWare. But the well the original Knights of the Old Republic game is from BioWare, which by the way, I mean, I'm sorry, it is still one of the greatest games ever created. Um And it is definitely my number one of all time with probably The Witcher 3 taking my number two, but that's besides the point. But it was created by BioWare um, and had rave reviews because of its storytelling and its RPG. And at the time, its combat system was revolutionary at the time. Obviously, it sucks now by modern standards, but then KOTOR 2 was developed by Obsidian, who did Fallout New Vegas. And it was rushed to market, and it, some of the content was missing, and it had a lot of bugs. I am honestly still a bigger fan of some of the mechanics of KOTOR 2 that exist, but from KOTOR 1, the game, the, you could tell it's more of like, okay, well, they actually wrote the story all the way through and were able to get it done, whereas when you play the Obsidian version of the Obsidian game from KOTOR 2, it's you can tell there's chunks missing, like you don't realize that the games are actually supposed to truly connect until, like, the very end of the game, and even that was done through a mod... a restored content mod that the that the community put together. Oh! Yeah.
0: Um, so. I missed out on that generation of gaming. But- I, I, was, I was more focused on, like, the Battlefront, kind of, like, shoot 'em up Force Unleashed... Well, no, Force Unleashed hadn't come out yet. I would probably say the Revenge of the Sith game. Which... If you want to go back and play an old Star Wars game, that freaking, like, that, that, uh, what do they say? What do the kids say? That slaps, uh, Revenge it's of fire. the Sith. Yes, it is fi- It is total fire. It will burn your hands because it is so hot to play.
1: It was a fun adventure game. It's a fun action game. That is the best way to describe it. Because for me, one of the things I like is being able to explore, which that is not a game where you can explore. Back when it came out, I loved that game. I, I, I obsessed over it. I beat it multiple times. Both Revenge endings. Of the Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. But as I've gotten older, I do like more like open world games where you, where your choice in RPGs and things like that. Whereas I don't think I could go back and replay that game because it's
0: too linear it's almost.
1: too linear. And that was again, going back to Fallen Order, one of my issues. Yeah, you could explore, but it was still very linear. Like, you're, you didn't get choices. You got to choose which planet you went to, but that was about it.
0: Beyond that, once you're there, if you make it all the way across the map, good luck finding your way back, because you can't take the exact same path every time. Which the
1: rumors are going, that, going back to Kotor, that with the remake or remaster, I'm, in development, I'm pretty sure it's the rumors are now that it's a remake, and that Asper Media, who ported Republic Commando, the Jedi Knight 2, and Jedi Academy games, and, and ported Kotor 2, the mobile unit games, is in the, is the one developing and remake and remaking. That. So it is a remake, or a, that or is a the port. rumor, and it's got a strong, it's got more weight behind it being a remake than a port because they've already ported it to mobile.
0: Which feels like a ripoff, cause where's my remake of Jedi Knight Jedi Outcast, man? That, where's my Republic Commando, but you play as the Bad
1: Batch instead? Okay, Why are they
0: remaking certain games and then part releasing it, certain part other games? Part of it is,
1: I believe, Corey, because of fans like me who have, and diehard fans of those games. There's a lot. They're like, you are the minority in the diehard Star Wars community who's played all the games, in my opinion. I know.
0: And even then, I've missed quite a few. I never played the Obi-Wan game. There's a Clone Wars game I, I never played. Yeah,
1: I didn't play a lot of those either. But for the most part, diehard Star Wars fans, and I'm I'm talking like people that are sweaty, dirty nerds like me. I comes- played
0: KOTOR and I, yeah. I'm the minority. Yeah, I'm I, was talking talking to somebody, to- I was talking to a friend earlier today who was just like, I agree with Tanner. Um, you should play KOTOR. And so if they're doing a remake, which I'm going to just say, I've waited this long. I'm just going to wait a little bit longer which, and play the remake. The rumors
1: around the remake is what they're doing is they're going to try and tie KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2 together to give it a cohesive story. Mm-hmm. They're going to change the combat system, which it has to get changed for a modern gameplay. It does. Makes sense. I, I will say that. But they're going to, like, take the stories of KOTOR 1, KOTOR 2, and possibly the Revan book that tied into the older public MMO.
0: Are they going to canonize it?
1: I would have... Because s- that would be really hard to do, however... But I could see that they could possibly do it while keeping the MMO itself let, n- its own thing. Because that story that was introduced there is so... I haven't even finished any of those expansions to that game, to that... It's just gone in such a weird direction that I don't see how they could canonize the MMO anymore after what what's gone on with some of the updates in it. Um, but I can definitely see them taking Revan's story and canonizing it, and get and then possibly canonizing canonizing the the MMO. But that's besides the point. I if they re, if they remake that freaking game. Oh my god, dude. I have put so much of my life already into that game. Can you imagine how much more of my life is going to be sucked into that?
0: Quite a bit. Trying to find the differences between the original version and this one.
1: Or just like...
0: Just replaying for funsies.
1: (laughs) I mean, just adding texture and depth and making the worlds that you visit that were already, for the time, very open world, making it more more open world? What am I going to do with myself? Play Kotor. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the ultimate Kotor collection, or something, whatever they end up calling it. Yeah,
1: if they, if they, it's truly, if this is truly happening, and the rumors are much stronger than they've ever been, because we've been hearing, I've been hearing rumors for years about a Kotor remake or another Kotor game, and they, it, they've only ever been rumors. A lot more sources are reporting on it now. Even Star Wars Theory and some of these big YouTubers are reporting on it now, and. I mean, you go into the Mandalorian that scene where they kill the crate dragon in in Mando. Crate dragon pearl. That's canon. That is straight out. That everything they do in that scene is pretty much how they did it. How you kill the crate Trying dragon? Trying to
0: blow up the crate dragon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta I kill mean it from the, the fight in the game and... is like
1: not a fight. It's literally you just lure it out to an explosion of death underneath it. But that's what they tried to do, and and they obviously made it grand, grand for TV, but. God, if there's so many pieces around, like they've mentioned Revan in the visual dictionary and whatnot.
0: So, oh, which I have in my car. Cause I definitely, I wanted to look at that whole Revan thing again. Yeah, they have um, mentioned
1: briefly. So it's like, it's technically canon and they keep teasing it. So it's like, give it like, there's a, there's a segment of the of Star Wars fans that would just go nuts over it. Um, but yeah. I, um, yeah, I know. If, if,
0: if they come out with a Kotor, I'll definitely play it. If, an updated version. Because it's about time that I get into that story. But, um, but circling back to the Bad Batch, um, I would say probably the second episode.
1: Did I like it better than the first? I didn't. No. <laughs> I didn't like it better than the first, but I understood why it existed.
0: Yes, and it's also really interesting seeing because um, the characters we're following are clones, and then the bad guys are clones. It's interesting seeing like an imperial checkpoint and seeing clone helmets and everything there. Yeah, and- for me, who's like an arms and armor kind of like, I love the difference Whoa. between the clone helmets and shit. Here's stuff. something
1: I think we might see happen: we might see the very first generation of stormtroopers
0: like a clone trooper phase 4 or like a legit like, like stormtrooper f- phase stormtrooper
1: like conscripted stormtroopers which would be cool
0: there's a million different designs that they could use i remember was it not the revenge of the sith game i can't remember but there's there's one of the older games that took place force unleashed force unleashed oh, yeah, 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 yeah. had like a hybrid clone stormtrooper uh, yeah. helmet that i think would be absolutely awesome and you can see them Starting to phase out, unless they end up just going straight to, by the end of the season, we'll see regular stormtrooper armor. I don't we know. don't know how long this season's gonna take. I imagine, oh, oh, again, yeah. going back to time being ambiguous in Star Wars.
1: We also know though that stormtrooper armor sucks compared to clone armor, according to Rex.
0: And I, I think definitely we've already seen Tarkin talking about getting rid of clones in general. I think we're going to see that infrastructure change of like, okay, we're not going for as great quality, we're going for quantity right Which now.
1: Which is the Empire's whole motto. When you read any of the books, read any of the comics, it's they're they're straight up. We are going to defeat you through f- sheer volume.
0: Think think we'll see the first canon appearance of a Tie Fighter in this show.
1: I don't know and that'll be hard, and that's hard to say because technically in Canon uh Lord in the Lords of the Sith book they're still not using tie fighters yet and that's about 8 years after.
0: They're using the V-wings. Yeah. Which I think are really cool. The one um the the hauler that's confiscating ships in this episode has a V-wing in it and I was like,
1: "Oh, okay, that's cool." Yeah. So um, I I don't know. Maybe Because again, they can it's they can just say, "Oh, it's the book." Uh, We're going to take liberties. It's a
0: prototype. They stumbled upon one of the first ones.
1: It's easy to do, and 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 and, and you could even say that Vader was hesitant to switch to tie fighters because he
0: he kept he uh, continued using a Jedi starfighter for a while. I want to say he had a black one just like the yellow and gray he used in. um, It
1: probably was just yeah the one that they that they found at the Jedi temple and just said, this is yours. I mean, that would make sense. And that's again, Vader was very much always more hesitant to switch to what the empire was doing because he valued, he valued strength and he knew that it wasn't just strength in numbers, but it was also skill. So maybe the empire has TIE fighters at this time, but in his Squadron that he always fights with. There, he doesn't want to even go near him because he knows that they're crap. Yeah, it's it's tough to say, but I'm excited where for what's to come because we this is still an unexplored era of just when the Empire is taking over.
0: Exactly, and it opens up so many avenues for different characters to pop in. So I, so we both agree that of the list of most likely characters to show up, and I mean like legacy characters. We've already got Tarkin, mm-hmm. we've got Caleb Doom, we've got Ton Wee mm-hmm. from, from the film, uh, uh, the uh, the cloner, um, Vader. We're saying more than likely will end up I, coming it, it, in. I mean, it, if it's, anyone,
1: it's Star Wars. He's the greatest villain of all time, cinematically. He's the greatest selling merchandise tool of all time. Well,
0: just behind him would be another one who I'm kind of starting to wonder about. What about Boba Fit? Because if they're dealing with clones, they're dealing with yes, clone DNA. Yes, but Boba's DNA. still a
1: child at this point. He,
0: no, absolutely. So but, that'd
1: be interesting. I, there's a good chance we see Boba Fett.
0: But, especially if there's ties with Fennec. I feel like we're going to get some kind of little like smidging Because he doesn't show also, up in Rebels at all, which no, is we,
1: kind of disappointing to And me. we also have Omega now. So there's another child clone running around. So I'm going to go with there's a really good chance that we could see him as well. But... More than likely, Vader's the guarantee, because if you have an opportunity to put Darth Vader in something, why wouldn't you take it? I agree. I mean, Boba Fett, with everything the Mando did in the Book of Boba coming out, solid choice, though. I mean, you can't go wrong putting him in in, in it, either. Is this when he first starts to don his father's armor?
0: You never know. We could could see him uh, interact with Cad Bane, because there was a deleted scene. Uh, yeah. From what was supposed to be in Clone Wars season six or seven, I think seven, um, there was a scene where it was Boba Fett versus Cad Bane, and you see that dent that Boba has on his helmet when it he gets older, is from Cad Bane. Uh, they have like a little you know old west style draw shootout, you know,
1: and Boba Fett comes out on top,
0: and Boba comes out, and that seems to be what this show is. Is they went fans want more Clone Wars, we're going to try and fans want some more Clone, Clone Wars. Wars,
1: they want more. With stuff to do with the Mandalorian. And now Which, we, are we
0: going to Mandalore? Do you think we're going to Mandalore? I don't think in this? we're going to
1: Mandalore. I don't because Rex just left Mandalore. I don't see anything to do with Mandalore happening now. Um, that's not to say that they don't do another season of this if they chose to and go then or in one of the upcoming shows or. Maybe because I'm, they need to explain. I, I, I'm actually going to say no. I'm going to go with no because Mando season three. If we talk, think about the way it's left, where Grogu goes with Luke, and he's on the the the, the ship with Bo. Mm-hmm. She wants the ship. He doesn't have the Razor crest. He's got no ship, so he's going to Mandalore whether he likes it or not. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll get Mandalore's backstory of the Empire in that. I would
0: I would want to see. And again, maybe not this show's place to tell that story, but I definitely want to see – in Rebels, we see that some of the Mandalorians got um, indoctrined into the Empire and they got turned into the super commandos. Yep. So I would want to see kind of like a proto story of like the first group of uh Mandalorians that ended up kind of working with – Which,
1: you know, going back to Man- uh, season seven of Clone Wars, Palpatine knew the whole time what was happening on Mandalore because if you think about it um there
0: were coruscant guards already there to take Maul
1: into custody. Yeah, and also um what is his name? Grey hair. Mando um uh Gar Saxon. Gar Saxon. Like he was Maul's first first lieutenant Yeah. and he ends up becoming one of the Empire's guys. Yeah, so like you the know the leader of the Empire's forces on Mandalore. So you know Palps has to know what's going on on Mandalore and it's just like, yep, this is ex- this is exactly as I have foreseen. So he's going – he's swooping in right now with the Empire and indoctrinating all of Maul's loyalists. It's a
0: story I want to see as well as when did Gideon get power? When did he get the Darksaber? But again, that doesn't come into play until after Rebels time. Yeah, so – So before we go, there's one more question I want to ask you. What's that? Omega, what's her deal?
1: Uh, Is she the first Force-sensitive clone, is my question.
0: That's kind of what I'm starting to think. They each have their own defects. We know that they're going to try, and they're going to tie in what we've done in the sequels, the cloning, Palpatine was working on cloning, in the Legends... Cloning a force-sensitive being was not an easy thing. No. It never seemed to work out.
1: No, and that's kind of what they were going, hinting at in Mandalorian and in the sequels. Um, so I
0: feel like that's gonna be kind of the cloner's and, first attempt it, at- And if
1: you look at her, she's got the intuition of a, of, of a force user when somebody's, like, emotional state is in question.
0: She's able to tell emotional state, she, even when she's talking to uh crosshair. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the, when he's about to betray about them, them. To do. please don't, don't do, do it. it. And then she's I, even like, "I don't blame you." Exactly. I think it's going to be either she's force sensitive, she's got some kind of like non-force related ability. But I I I gotta say, if they're putting as much a focus on uh-huh. her as yeah. they are, I gotta say she's probably a prototype of the first force sensitive being. Does that mean? Because we've seen in Clone Wars Palpatine was collecting Force-sensitive children. We saw that and keeping them on Mustafar. I think it's a good bet.
1: Yeah. It, we'll see what happens. Well, we'll leave it there, guys. So we'll catch you next week, and thanks for joining us here in in the Nexus. In the
0: Nexus.